Some men try so hard to prove that God's not really real, while others say they know for sure His love you cannot feel, but I know He's real within my soul, for one day and pretend the things of the world have brought them peace of mind. But with the dawn of each new day, new thrills they try to find. Not until they meet the Prince of Peace can they Well, it's good to be here tonight. My name's Earl Ankrum. Some of you I've not met, and some of you I remember well. Amen. <laughs> I looked around, and you know, we're all getting older, aren't we? I see you, you see me. Amen. And uh, we're getting some age on us. And uh, I appreciate this church's prayers and support throughout the years. Uh, me and uh, Brother Mark's watched each other's kids grow up. Amen. That's hard to believe. <laughs> You know how long ago that was? I blinked. 
I had, I have five daughters and a son, and I blinked, and my five daughters became, my five little girls became women, and my boy became a man. It's just, it happened just like that, amen. And uh, I preach around the country a lot, preach some of these family revivals and family camp things, and I tell folks um, some things that uh, when I preach on that, I got a series where I talk about things you things you should do different. If I could do them different. And uh, when they small, you'd keep them on your knee a little longer. Can I get an amen, some of you? And uh, you spend a little more time with them, and um, they all grow up on you. But uh, it is good to be back here and uh, see some old faces, and we've sure had some meetings through the years, have we not? I still talk sometimes about some of them old uh, public school revivals we had. Boy, we had some times... In that old building, amen. And uh, let me just tell you what's been going on here for the last couple months since you got my prayer letter. Uh, this is just last couple months. I finished up last night in a church in New Matamoris, preached a meeting over there, and uh, we sure had a time, always do. Uh, Saturday I was in Pennsylvania preaching a building dedication for a church I've preached in for about 25 years. And uh, they've rented that building for 18 and just paid it off. I just bought it. That's a blessing. Um, I married my boy uh, October 5th. Uh, he married an Amish girl that he led to the Lord. I live in Amish country down there. And uh, I've told my boy for years, I said, go, go find some little girl that flips your switch, pushes your button, and pulls your trigger. Lead her to the Lord, teach her the Bible, and marry her so she can cook, clean, and have me some grandbabies. Amen. <laughs> amen. And uh, amen. So that's it. Amen. We, we need some more mamas at home, not career mamas. Amen. Can I get an amen? Well, that went good. Anyway, before that, I was in Tennessee, preached a missions conference in Tennessee, and during a missions conference... Uh, had a fellow get saved in missions conference, and he got saved, and when he got saved, he said this. He wept like a baby, asked Jesus Christ to save him, and then he said this. I mean, we're talking he got saved that night during the missions conference, like night number two, and then he said, Brother Earl, why can't I give to missions? I said, how much you got? <laughs> and he started giving, amen, to missions. That's pretty good, amen. You get saved, you start giving to missions. That was, I thought that was good. Um, I preached in a meeting in Ohio here, uh, I guess, uh, I don't know if it was last week or week four, I can't keep things straight, and uh, had a 23-year-old girl get saved on the street everywhere I go, uh, and I preach meetings, I'm knocking on doors, preaching on the street, and trying to keep people out of hell, amen? You say, why? Because it's real, and people are going there, and uh, if we don't rescue the, we sing the songs, it's just we don't do much about it. It's just a bunch of words to most people. Uh, preached in Kentucky. Kentucky, two people got saved in Kentucky. That was a blessing. Uh, Indiana, a uh, couple people got saved there. Had my capital city blitz. My pastor died in 2015, and I've kind of picked up the slack there. I also, in my spare time, like I got some, uh, go around and pick up missions, stuff for the mission. We, we've been, I've been a part of charity mission now for years, and you know, we got a men's home and a women's home, and we feed anywhere from 60 to 120 bums a day and uh, deal with, you know, dope heads and derelicts and every other kind of thing. A million people in Columbus inside the city, so sure to have a time there. And once a year, this was the 14th year, once a year, 
we invite churches from out uh, in other uh, states and uh, other cities to come into Columbus, and we have a three-day meeting. And we had two get saved during that meeting, and uh, that was a blessing. I was in New York before that. Two got saved there. Was in Maine the week before that. Six got saved there and was in Alabama the week before that, and seven got saved there. Amen. Amen. That's a blessing. You say, why are they getting saved? Because maybe some of you praying for me. Amen. Uh, that'd be a blessing. I hope you are. I pray for you guys every day. Amen. It's been catch-up time for me and your pastor, and uh, uh, sure enjoyed it. So uh, anyway, uh, for those of you that don't know me, I've been on the road now for, oh, just about 24 years full-time. I used to call churches up when I first started and said, I'd like to come to your church and present America as a mission field. And they'd all laugh. But eight to 10,000 churches close every year in America. Eight to 10,000 churches close every year in America. America is number, uh, number 17 in sending out missionaries. Uh, 16 other countries send out more missionaries than America. Last year alone, other countries sent 32,000 missionaries into America. 32,000. We have now become the mission field. We are the heathen nation. Amen. We butcher all our babies. Amen. And let the sodomites run loose. Amen. We are a mission field. And uh, listen, uh, uh, 32,000 missionaries came into our country to reach our country. How about that? Boy, I, I wish I had time to give you some statistics. I preach missions conferences now, and I've about talked about, I don't know, I think seven or eight missionaries on the mission field and they're coming back home. Amen. I've told them for years we need missionaries. Uh, I watch churches close all around this country every single year. I got four churches that if I can't find a pastor for soon, they're going to close. Last year, a church closed in Pennsylvania, a uh, quarter of a million dollar property, all paid off with a prophet's chamber. I couldn't get nobody to come. I got another church in Pennsylvania right now sitting empty on 10 acres with a, prophet, with a, uh, uh, a pastor's uh, place there. Can't get nobody to take it. People are lazy, amen. You know what we've got going on? Listen, there ain't no difference in the thing. You know, you think about this and... Uh, what you got is when you go down the road and you see all them city workers, about 10 of them leaning on a shovel and one of them down there digging, and you pay for it, ain't that a blessing? Well, spiritually, we've got one or two people down there with a shovel and the rest of the saints are looking. Amen. Ain't no different. And so uh, America is a mission field. By the way, t only 10% of Christians read their Bible every day. 10%, are you one of them? Do you read it today? Well, we're a mess. I'll tell you why America's going to hell. The problem in America is not the baby butchers, and it's not the sodomites, and it's not the dirt-kissing tree-huggers. The problem in America is the church is asleep. The church is dead, amen. You say, how do you know she's dead? Dead things don't make noise, and dead things don't move. God's people don't move and they don't make noise. I ran over some animal. I was doing a tent meeting one here not too long ago. I don't know when it was. I can't keep track of time. And 
man, I come out of this, I come out of this field where, where, where my tent was. It was a mud hole, and I drive over that thing, and I went, boom. And I thought, what was that? I got out, and there's a dead, I'm not going to tell you what there, because some of you'd worship it. But uh, uh, that thing was dead. And you know what I did? I, I, I kicked it, and it didn't make no noise. Didn't make no noise. I kicked it. I kicked it again. It wouldn't move. You say, why wouldn't it move? Because it was dead. That's real deep, ain't it? You know why some of you never go to an altar? You're dead. You know why some of you never shout? Because you're dead. And dead things don't make noise and dead things don't move. Amen. And you won't move to an altar and you won't say amen, glory to God, praise the Lord, hallelujah. Why? Because you're dead, amen. And we wonder why the problem in America is judgment must begin in the house of God and God's people sit around saying, don't judge me. So I appreciate your prayers and support. (laughs) Keep it up. I need it, amen. Now you can, now some of you just heard of me, now you can put, you know, your prayers to this thin, bald, ugly preacher, amen, his face, amen. All right, look at Luke in chapter 15, Luke chapter 15, I've come to help you tonight, Luke in chapter 15, Luke in chapter 15, you can ask me questions afterwards, I do got tracts out there on a table, you can have them for free, I send them all over the country, we've sent out millions of them, they print them in other countries, I send out tracts all over the World, all over the world, gospel tracts go out. We got about seven titles and send them out all over the world. Uh, my wife, my girls pack up tracts and send them out. We've also send out sandwich signs and signs for street preaching because I've been doing that now for about 30 years. And uh, amen. And uh, uh, we send out CDs, preaching CDs and things like that and just try to help people. Amen. Uh, people need help. That's why you're here. To help people. If this thing was just about you getting saved so you could go to heaven, God would have saved you and took you to heaven. But he left you down here. You say, why? This is real deep. <laughs> he got something for you to do. Well, look at Luke in chapter 15 here. Luke 15, I'll try to hurry tonight. Luke in chapter 15, and uh, all look in verse 11. We'll start there. Luke in chapter 11. And uh, uh, Luke chapter 15, rather, in verse 11, the Word of God says, And he said, A certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, uh, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. Not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country, and there wasted his substance with riotous living. When he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land, and he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a uh, citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine, and he would fain have filled his belly with a husk that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father's have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger? I will arise and go to my father, and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight and am no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to the, uh, his servants, Bring forth the best robe and put it on him and uh, put 
a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet and bring hither the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found and they began to be merry. Now his elder son was in the field. We know he was a Baptist. And he came and drew nigh to the house. He heard the music and dancing and called one of the servants and asked uh, what these things meant. And he said unto him, Thy brother is coming. Thy father hath killed the fatted calf because he hath received him safe and sound. And he was angry and would not go in. Therefore came his father out and entreated him. And he answering said to his father, Lo, these many years do I serve thee. Neither transgressed I at any time thy commandment. And yet thou never gavest me a kid that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as this thy son was come, which hath devoured thy living with harlots, thou hast killed for him the fatted calf. And he said unto him, Son, thou art ever with me, and all that I have is thine. It was meet that we should make merry and be glad, for this thy brother was dead and is alive again and was lost and is found. Let's pray. My God in heaven, it sure is good to be saved tonight. God, thank you for the good uh, singing that you allowed us as musical instruments of men to do. God, thank you for the good special and thank you for the offering taken up and thank you for these people that have come out not to hear from me but thee. I pray that'll be the case tonight as your people bow their head and their heart and ask you, God, right now to speak to them because I cannot. I pray, God, that, uh, Lord, your people will mind you tonight. I pray, God, that you would move about our midst tonight. I pray you'd speak tonight. And I pray, God, as you knock on the doors, that your people would open the door and sup with you and you with them and leave this place different. And we'll thank you for it in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Now, I want to preach a little bit tonight on simply what I've entitled. You say, why'd you read such a lengthy passage in case you didn't get your Bible reading in? <laughs> Amen. Uh, I want to preach a little bit tonight on simply what I've entitled. Here it is, Coming Home. You know, tonight it is pretty obvious, I say this all the time, but where are you at with God? You know, I've come to help you tonight. Where are you at with God? You know, I know this about God. You can be as close to God as you want to be tonight, and by the way, you are. I'm saying this, tonight you have the wherewithal to be as close to God tonight as you want to be, and right now you are as close to God as you want to be. If you wanted to be closer, you would be. But you're not. And here we've got the classic story of the prodigal. We're going to preach it a little different maybe than you've heard before. <laughs> but we're going to talk about this prodigal. And I understand when a man uh, comes into this world and he's born in this world, his, his name's written in the book of life. And when he sins against God and, uh, man, his name's blotted out. And then when a man gets born again, he's written back in that book of life. I understand that. But I'm telling you tonight, when it comes to this thing of coming home, uh, let me tell you something. The happiest that you have ever been in your life was that day that you got saved. Amen. I mean, the day you trusted the blood of Jesus Christ, your sins were gone. You had the peace of God. There was nothing between your soul and the Savior. Amen. And all was well. I mean, you had a shout uh, on your lips, a smile, uh, a shout on your lips, a smile on your face, a shine about you. Amen. You say, why? You were saved and you didn't have time to mess anything up. So it was sweet. Isn't that how it was? You were happy, and you had the peace of God. But then right after you got saved, something happened. You say, what was it? You. You started messing stuff up. And 
The happiest you've ever been is when you were close to Jesus Christ and there was nothing between your soul and the Savior. And so if you could just get back there, then all would be well, wouldn't it? So tonight I'm going to just talk a little bit real quickly here on simply what I've entitled. Here it is. Why don't you just come home? You see, we're all a prodigal in some area of our lives. You know what you find in that passage? You find passage, passage after passage in that life. He covers just about every area where you and I that are not as close to God as we ought to be in some area. You find the wherewithal that if you just come home, amen, you could get it fixed tonight. I don't understand this thing of God's people. Listen, I, I don't understand uh, why God's people that got God living inside of them are not happy and do not have the peace of God. I don't get that. That Bible says, happy is that people whose God is the Lord. Is, is, is God your Lord? Say amen. amen. Then why aren't you happy? You say, how do you know I ain't happy? I'm looking at you. The Bible says, a merry heart maketh a cheerful countenance. How come you can't smile? Amen. I got to hurry. Let's look at this thing. By the way, coming in, come in this sense is to move towards. Home is a close place. It is, I like, it, I like this definition, a place of rest. And of course, the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 4, that Jesus Christ is your rest. Well, look at Luke chapter 15 for lack of time here in verse 21. The Word of God says, And the Son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight, and am no more worthy to be called thy Son. Can I tell you, the first thing that some of you need to come home to is you need to come home to the Father. Now, you need to understand something here. This young man, this prodigal, listen, he went into a far country. That means it took him a long time to get there. He stayed in that far country for some time. Then he took a long time to get back uh, from that far country. You say, what are you saying? Do you understand that once upon a time, this young man, imagine how good he had it. This young man, once upon a time, he woke up in the morning, there was the father. He worked in the father's field all day long, the father's right there. He went to bed at night, the father tucked him in. Man, he had it made. Him and the father were real close. Him and the father spent a lot of time together. But man, now he's been into a far country. He'd been there a long time, and it took him a long time to get back. And by the time he got back, can I just say this? He needed to get home. He needed to come home to the Father. You say, why? been a long time since he'd spent time with the Father. And some of you, <laughs> been a long time since you spent time with the Father. Now, when I got saved, I couldn't read. I blew my brains out with dope and booze and couldn't read or write real good at all. And... I got that King James Bible on cassette, and I learned how to read with the King James Bible. And the first time I, the first year I was saved, I read it through six times. In fact, the first 12 years I was saved, I read it through six times a year. Now, to my shame, I only get through it about four or five times a year. You do the math. I'm, I'm going close, I'm getting close to 200 times. And they threw me out of school at 16. What's your excuse? 
This prodigals, listen, some of you are prodigals in here tonight. Once upon a time, you used to have a relationship with God. Once upon a time, you were close to God. Once upon a time, you woke up in the morning, got on your knees, talked to God for a long time, got in that book, read the book. You understand, I'm glad this is a soul-winning church. I'm glad you go door-knocking. I'm glad you go out there and reach sinners. But can I tell you something? What good does it do if you're not spending time with God? They that are in the flesh cannot please God. You're to walk in the Spirit so you don't fulfill the lust of the flesh. You are to live in the Spirit, be led of the Spirit. You say, what are you saying? Some of you need to come home tonight to the Father. Because it's been a long time since you've spent time with Him. How much time did you spend with Him this morning? I didn't ask you how much time you spent on Facebook this morning. I said, how much time did you spend with the Father this morning? I didn't ask you how, many, how much time you wasted on a video game this morning. I said, how much time did you spend with the Father this morning? You see this thing of coming home, some of you need to come home to the Father. Why? Because it's been a long time since you spent time with Him. And you used to know Him real good, and it's been a long time since you spent time with the Father. By the way, this young man, when he got home, by the father, you see the whereabouts of the father in verses 11, 13, he right where he left him. <laughs> you see, he was waiting for him to come home, verse 13, verse 20. He was in that far country, he was waiting. He was watching for him, verse 20, he saw him. Uh, he wanted him to come home, verse 20, because he ran to him. He, you see, the warmth uh, that he did there, he had compassion on him, ran to him, kissed him on his neck, verse 20. You see, the welcome, he gave him a robe, amen, and a wardrobe, and uh, uh, amen, and gave him his wealth back, put a ring on his finger. You say, what are you talking about? I'm just talking about coming home tonight. Some of you don't spend time with the Father. I'm glad you come to church and carry your King James Bible. How much better would it be if you had to touch a God on you? Evil communications corrupt good manners. Wise men walk with wise men, but a companion of fools shall be destroyed. What would it be like if you just, I mean, hung out with the Lord Jesus Christ? Maybe he'd rub off on some of you. I'm saying some of you need to come home to the Father. Some of you need to say, hey, something's got to get out of my life, so I got time to pray every day, and I got time to read that book every day. I need to get back home to the Father. Some of you just need to come home to the Father. Like you used to. You see something else in verse 21. It says, And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight, and no more worthy to be called thy son. You see, he had to come home for something else. In verse 30, you see his folly. In verse 13, you see his foolishness. You say, what did he need to come home for? Some of you, as prodigals tonight, need to come home to the Father and start spending time with God. You need to get something out of your busy life and schedule God back in. Amen. You know what makes a good wife? Spending time with God. You know what makes a good husband? Spending time with God. You know what makes a good son or a good daughter? Spending time with God. Amen. You don't spend time with God, you're, you're just shipwrecked, man. You need to come home to the Father. But some of you need to come home for forgiveness. You know what I find in churches all over the place? Let me tell you what I find. I'll tell you what I find. Some of the same stuff that's in this church tonight. Pornography. I, I dare say some of you's hooked on Pornography. You, you look at pornography on a computer, you look at pornography on your dumb phone, you're hooked on pornography. Hooked on it! 
And you think nobody knows, but the eyes of the Lord are in every place, beholding the evil and the good. The eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the earth. And hey, be sure, be sure. Oh, you can be sure your sin will find you out. Pornography. You say, what do I need to come home for? Some of you need to come home to the Father. Why? You don't spend time with Him anymore. But some of you tonight, what you need to come home for is you need to come home for forgiveness. Why? Because you're living in sin. You got sin in your heart. You got sin in your home. You got bitterness. You eat up. Some of you eat up with bitterness inside you. Some of you are so filled up with pride. Some of you got sins that are hidden in the heart. Some of you got sins in your home. Some of you go into the, your, your little house and you turn off your lights and you get in your little room and you act like nobody knows. Can I tell you something? God knows. And your sin will find you out. Listen, that Bible still says God is holy and you and I are supposed to be holy. Some of you need to come home for forgiveness. Because you got sin in your heart. You got sin in your home. And you need to come home back. You need to get back to the Father. And you need to say, Father, I've sinned. Amen. You might smile then. Why in the world would anybody want the God of a Christian that looks as miserable as some of you tonight? Really? You say, what's my problem? I'm trying to get to it. Some of your problem is you've got time for everything and everybody but God. You don't spend no time with God. And some of you got sin in your heart and you got sin in your home. And it's going to find you out. I wish I had time to go through all that, but listen... That Bible says, to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not to him and his sin. So when you're messing around looking at stuff and listening to stuff and lingering with stuff and letting your hands touch stuff, that God, that, that you know in your heart God says, don't do it, don't touch it, don't listen, don't look, don't linger with it, don't go there, don't do it. Something inside of you screams. And you just keep doing it. Some of you need to come home for forgiveness. I'd love to park air all night. But our time is short. In 1521, 1522, uh, 15, 15 through 16, he needed to come home to the family. He had friendships there, man. With the servants were his friends. He needed to come home to the right fellowship. He was out there. He was in a far country. He was with the heathen. He was out there. And his fellowship and his friendships was all the wrong people. I know I'm preaching to the choir because you're here on a Wednesday night. I know that it would be, we'd find a lot of Sunday morning Christians would really appreciate this point better. Amen. But I'm going to tell you something. Some of you, you ought to look for a reason to get together with each other instead of those that are outside the church. I'm just saying, some of you need to come home to the Father. Why? You don't spend time with Him like you should. Some of you need to come home for forgiveness. Why? you got sin in your heart, sin in your home. And some of you need to come home. Back to the fellowship of God's people. Back to the fellowship of the church. Glory to God. You need to come home. What do you need to come home for? I said when I started, you can be as close, you, you can be as close to God tonight as you want to be. And right now you are. As close to God as you want to be. You want to get closer? What are you going to take out of your busy life to put God in? I mean, don't worry, you know, no big deal. He's only saved you from hell and gave you a home in heaven and put the peace of God in your heart and pardoned you, right? 
No big deal. Come on, amen. I'm just saying, some of you need to come home tonight. You need to say, Father, I've sinned. Why? I don't spend time with you. I don't got time for you. Some of you need to come home and say, forgive me, God. I've got sin in my heart. I've got sin in my home. You know what is really wild to me? I'm finding boys that are in their 20s up to like 30 and low 30s playing video games two and three hours a day. I wish that there'd be some way God would do something weird and let me take that time that you're wasting and give it to me. That's sin. You got time for that, but when's the last time you read your Bible through? When's the last time you turned everything off and spent an hour in prayer with God? I'm saying it's time to come home to some of you tonight. Where you at with God tonight? Come home to the Father. Come home for forgiveness. Come home to the family, the fellowship. Then here's one in Luke 15, verse 25. The Word of God says this. Now his elder son was in the field. Now if his elder son was in the field, it makes sense that the younger son, when he was home and where he was close to the Father and when he didn't need that forgiveness like he needed it now, and he was close in fellowship with the Father and his friends, it makes sense that he had a field. But you know what? He went to a far country, spent some, a long time in the far country, long time getting back. Listen, it had been a long time since he'd worked the Father's field. I'll remind you, it was the Father's field he was working. It wasn't his field. It was his Father's field. Let me ask you something. What are you doing for Jesus Christ? Huh? What's your field? I mean, when's the last time you, when they took up an offer and said, Preacher, stop, stop. And he says, what's this? I need that offering plate. You know, God's looking for an offering tonight. You say, how much does he want? How much do you weigh? You need to put yourself in an offering plate and say, God, I'm yours. My wife's yours. My children are yours. My house is yours. My land's yours. Everything that I have is yours. Now, you take me anywhere you want. See, you give me a love offering tonight. I don't know if you will or not when I'm done. But anyway, uh, when somebody gives me a love offering, you know what I do? I just go spend it. On whatever I want to. You say, why? You gave it to me. Well, what if you'd give an offering to God like that? And you'd put yourself in a plate. And you'd say, God, this is an offering to you. That means he can take you anywhere he wants and spend you any way the way he wants to. I'm just saying, when it comes to this thing of coming home tonight, some of you need to come home to the field. Some of you used to go door knocking and you don't door knock no more. Some of you used to go to a nursing home, a jail, a prison, a detention center. Some of you used to clean the church. Some of you used to sing in a choir. Some of you used to, used to, used to. You say, what are you saying? You're a used to be. Amen. And some of you need to come home and say, Father, been a long time since I've worked your field. Can I work your field? How do you want me to work in your field, Father? Oh, I'm talking about coming home tonight because the best day of your life was the day you got saved. No sin. Man, it was wiped clean. You had the peace of God. You had joy. 
you actually, maybe, you probably smiled back then. Boy, you sure messed that up. <laughs> I'm just saying, when it comes to this thing of coming home, he needed to come home to the Father's field. You and I are created in Christ Jesus unto good works. Amen. Bible says, so then we are laborers together with God. Amen. You're supposed to get in, get saved by the grace of God, and go do something for the glory of God. Some of you work yourself to death for your money and your material things. When's the last time you worked for the maker? You in a far country need to come home tonight? I'll tell you what you need to do. You need to get home to the Father's field. Well, in Luke 15, verse 21, the Word of God says this. It says, And the Son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. Now, I keep repeating that because lack of time. But in Luke 15, 17, he came to himself. That's a picture of repentance. And can I say this? When it comes to this thing of coming home, some of you need to come home to the Father and make time for God again. You need to say, my life is busy. My life is just, I am running from morning till night. My life is overwhelmed. Well, you need to cut something out so you can put God in. You need to come home to the Father and spend time with Him. Some of you need to come home tonight and get forgiveness for your sin because you're in sin. You got sin in your heart. You got sin in your home. And you need to get it fixed before it finds you out. Because it'll find you out. I had a young couple not too long ago ask me to marry them. I said, well, I don't, I'm not marrying nobody. I don't counsel. Nobody likes my counsel. <laughs> you say, why? Because I don't tell them what they want to hear. And I said, a boy and a girl sat there in front of me, and I said, now, you two don't drink, do you? You don't drink alcohol. Oh, no, no, no. You don't do no dope, do you? Oh, no, no, no drugs. And the Lord said, there's something wrong here because they're little. They wouldn't look me in the eyeball. Well, when someone don't look me in the eyeball, I know something's wrong. You know what I'm saying? When they don't look me in the eyeball, something's wrong. You know what I'm saying, John? I mean, they don't look you in the eyeball. You know something's wrong. And so they went at me, and I said, you two ain't fornicating, are you? I mean, it ain't good for a man to touch a woman, and marriage is honorable and all in a bed undefiled, but whoremongers and adulterers, God will judge. You two ain't touching each other, are you? You two ain't messing around in that bed, and you're not married, are you? Oh, that boy's head went. I wonder if there's anybody in here like that. I wonder why the Lord put that on my heart. Some of you need to come home for forgiveness. Some of you need to come home to the fellowship. Some of you need to come home to the field. Can I tell you this? Some of you need to fix, come home and fix what's wrong. You know what he had to do? He came home and fixed what's wrong. You say, what do you mean by that? Well, he messed it up. Why shouldn't he fix it? You know what some of you some of you've done? You've messed up something. You know what I know is about churches? It's filled with a bunch of imperfect people. Oh, we got an inner man, a spiritual man that's perfect. But then there's this carcass. Paul said, oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? You know what? Some of you, you talk about somebody. You run your mouth about this one, run your mouth about that one. You're always running your mouth about somebody. You might not do it with your lips. You do it on your little fake book drama club. Amen. I'm telling you, 
I don't know what it is. Listen, I just know this. That young man, he needed to come home to the Father, and he came home, and he fixed what was wrong, and he should have. You say, why? He messed it up. If you messed it up, you fix it. When I borrow a piece of equipment from my neighbors, I got an Amishman up the road, got a bobcat. I like bobcats. Amen. I, I wish I had one of them puppies. I mean, I got two driveways and I live in the country. Amen. And uh, I borrowed a bobcat. You know what? If that bobcat broke while I was operating it, I'd fix it. You say, why? Well, I, would, uh, it was, I was driving it. I was using it. If I broke it, it uh, character says you fix it. And some of you broke some things. You need to come home and fix it. You need to come home and fix it. Oh, I'm telling you tonight, you need to just come home. I'll say this. The fact of the matter is, he wasn't happy where he was. You read that passage, man, he's in a, he, he would fain have filled his belly with a husk that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. Boy, that Bible paints a picture of a prodigal that was away from the father, and you know what? He wasn't happy where he was. Let me ask you something, saint. Listen, if you're saved tonight, born again, washed in the blood of Jesus Christ, let me ask you something. Are you happy where you're at tonight? Are you? You either are or you're not. If you're not happy where you're at, then guess what? (laughs) Why don't you come home? Why don't you come to an order night and say, God, I'm saved, I'm washed in the blood. What's wrong with me? It'd take him all of two seconds to tell you. I've never recovered from being saved. Some of you look like you have. (laughs) You don't look too happy. Why don't you come and ask God why you're not happy tonight? See, he needed to come home. He came home. Because the fact of the matter was, the reason he came home is he wasn't happy where he was. If you're not happy where you're at, spiritually, you need to come home. I'll close with this. When he came home, you see his face. Over and over and over in that word of God, it says, he began to make merry. He began to make merry. He began to make merry. I left you out about six points. That's enough for you to think about. Now, why don't you come home tonight? Heads are down, eyes are closed. God, talk to you. Come on now. Come on. God, talk to you. You come to an altar and talk to God about whatever it is God talked to you about. What did he talk to you about? Come on. Come on, it's time to talk to God about whatever it is God talked to you about. What did he talk to you about? You come talk to him about whatever he talked to you about. If he didn't talk to you, you just sit there dead. Dead things don't move. God talked to you. You come talk to God about whatever it is God talked to you about. Now, what did he talk to you about? What did he talk to you about? Huh? What did he talk to you about? Did he talk to you about the fact that you don't make no time for God? That your prayer life stinks? That your prayer life is dead? Did he talk to you about the fact that you don't read the Bible? You don't spend no time in that book? Did he talk to you about that? 
Maybe you just need to come home to the Father tonight. Some of you might need forgiveness tonight. You've got sin in your heart, in your home. Your habits are sinful. Let them habitate in you. And I'm going to tell you something. You need to come home and get some forgiveness tonight before your sin finds you out publicly. You need to get it fixed. Saints, where's your field? What's your thing? You know, there's a man in the Bible and he goes up in a chariot and he says, I in heart right with God as mine is. He says, it is. He says, come up to my chariot and see my zeal for the Lord. Where would you take me to show me something tonight? Hmm? You say, where would you take me? Well, let's go down to Cascade Plaza. I don't care. You pick the place. Let's go tonight. I'll show you. Once some of you come fix what's wrong, face your foolishness. Because the fact is, tonight you're not happy where you're at. You're saved, carry your King Meaning Bible into a church, and you look most miserable. Once you come and say, God, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with me, God? He can fix your face. Finally, I'll say this about this thing. You know what he did? He came home and he finally got serious about what he had with the Father. Finally, it finally sinked in. Man, the Father's the best thing that's ever happened to me. It, he finally got it. Working the Father's field was the best thing that I ever had going for me. He, it finally sunk in. Man, the Father, His field, His face, His shine. That was, I had it made back there with the Father. He finally got serious. You might be here tonight. You might have got born again. You've never been scripturally baptized. Why don't you finally get serious tonight? Some of you, you come to church, you don't give your tithes, you don't even give to missions. Why don't you finally get serious tonight? Maybe you slipped in here tonight lost. Let me tell you how saved I am and I'll shut up. I'm so saved that if I was dangling over hell on a vine and the vine snapped and I was heading headlong into hell, I'm so saved God would have to move hell, I can't go. Are you that saved? Are you that saved? What if you were dangling over hell tonight and your vine snapped? Are you so saved God would move hell for you? Are you that saved? If you're not that saved, would you just slip up your hand and say, Preacher, I'm not that saved. Anybody that way? Because I'll tell you where you'll go. You'll stand before God one day, all right. You'll be bound hand and foot, cast into the furnace of fire, be turned into hell, begin to weep, wail, and gnash your teeth. The smoke of your torment will send up forever and ever, and you'll burn. You better get it fixed tonight. You're not saved tonight. You better get saved before you land in hell.